Hello and welcome to Radio R, where we are on the captain's ship, uh, Captain Blackbeard. He lets us use his ship. And today we have a new a new project. Uh, not a new project. It's an old project, but uh, it's, it's fairly recent in my time. I've been here six, seven years now. So it's new to me. Um, but, you know, to you guys out there, you probably know it already. It's called Zencash. Uh, I believe the name has been recently changed, but we'll ask uh, we'll ask Rowan about that. Uh, thank you for joining us, Rowan. Did you have trouble getting on the boat? The the seas are pretty choppy, so yeah, it took me a couple of jumps, but I'm here and uh, glad to be here. Well, what we do is we you know we put a lot of you know three four women you know with bikinis on just to help people get on board easier. Right? They they get on faster. <laughs> Just to lure us on board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, no, you're absolutely right. So we, we rebranded to, to Horizon, uh, probably going back maybe six months or so now. It's been a little while. But yeah, we, we launched as a Zencash back in, in May 2017. And it's, it's pretty mad that in this, this industry, you can call a project from May 17 as, I guess, kind of old. But yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we have a lot of new people jumping in right now into this. That, that's why you see a lot of projects waking up all of a sudden. You know, a lot of projects that I've even thought were dead are all of a sudden, hey, I'm back, guys. And I'm like, yeah, where the fuck you been for like fucking, you know, the last year? <laughs> it, it, it's it. I'm I'm back and ready to take all your money, people. You know, that, that that's the way I see it when they do that. So it's uh, you, you got to be careful these days, fellas. So this is why this is another reason why I do this show is to educate people. It's not to harass or interrogate. I really don't care about gossip, and I don't care about people talking negatively about other projects. Uh, you know, because that does no good for us. In crypto, we all got to help each other. You know, we're it's us against fiat. It's a, it's us against them. You know, so when we if we fight amongst ourselves, that's that's what they want from us. They they want us to fight amongst ourselves. You know, so that they could play their government games. So, so how how did you get into Zencash? You know, I know the algorithm is uh, zk snarks, right? Yeah. So our privacy tech is zk snarks. Absolutely right. Uh, I got in through mining. Um, so I used to have a pretty boring and normal mainstream job. I helped run a, a company here, an oil oil and gas service company here in Scotland. And to be honest, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I woke up every morning thinking, man, I'm helping to kill the planet. And yeah, I'm earning a bit of cash from it, but this is not what I want to do with life. Um, so I, being a bit of a, a kind of computer and a hardware geek, I had a bunch of graphics cars lying around and a friend of mine told me I should point them towards one of these newfangled networks and try and earn myself some, some passive income. Didn't really know a huge amount about it. I'd heard of Bitcoin in the past, but decided to give it a bit of a go. Um, so I started doing some mining. That was back in 2014. Uh, mined some Litecoin, some things like that, and quite quickly realized that it was profitable. And most importantly, it was ace fun. It was something that I could really get my hands into and spend my day messing around with hardware rather than being at work. So I decided to scale up. Uh, I filled a, a, a spare room in the house. And then from there, it grew a little bit too big. And the missus wasn't very happy with the fact that I had all these bits of kit whirring away in the house. So I moved to the garage. Uh, and then from there, I, I kind of ran out of space and decided to make a go of it and make a business. Uh, so that's what I did. And, and through that business, I, uh, I ran into to the guys that were setting up Zen, Zencash. Uh, that was back, like I say, May 17 when that was set up. And uh, I think most people know that the, 
the launch of Zencash didn't really go to plan. Um, so right at the very start, obviously when you're forking a chain, one of the most important things is that you have replay protection so that people that spend on the new chain don't automatically spend their old coins. Um, so Zen was forked from, from Zed Classic. And unfortunately the developer that was responsible for making sure that the replay protection was working, didn't really do that good a job of it. Um, and as a result, there were a couple of double spends right at the very start. Um, so that put the project off on the bad foot. And really that's what actually attracted me to it, which is bizarre. But I mean, shit happens in life. And, and for me, it's really how you deal with that shit that makes the biggest difference. Uh, so I was following Rolf Verslew's mining blog. Uh, he has a, a site that he used to run called Block Operations. And that's how I heard of Zen. And that's how I heard the kind of disastrous start. But most importantly, that's how I saw just how well they were managing it. The guys were kicking ass. They were providing updates every single day. Uh, it was all hands on deck and they really did turn things around quite quickly. So that attracted me. I threw a bunch of hash power at the network and then I started getting involved in the community. And then quite quickly, the, the team kidnapped me and I've basically been there ever since. Wow. Yeah, so I was going to say earlier that your, your family threw you in the garage too, huh? That's what happens to all of us. <laughs> it's, it's very common. You know, what, what, what do we do with Pops? You know, put him in the garage. We have company coming over. Yeah, he can't make too much noise there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, tell me about this replay you mentioned. Is that, what, what is this replay protection? Is that like a technology? No, I mean, it's just uh, you need to basically differentiate the two chains and make sure. So, for example, Zen was forked from, from Zed Classic um, or a chain split from Zed Classic. Um, so when the, the chain split happens, you need to make sure that when someone's spending Zen, it doesn't also spend the corresponding number of uh, Zed Classic. So because that piece of code wasn't written or wasn't executed the way it should have been by the developer at the time, um, when you spent Zen, it, it spent on the, the Zed Classic chain as well. So people lost some money. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the thing that attracted me to the, to the project was how they dealt with that situation. Unfortunately, well, the developer right. didn't do the manly thing. So when something like this happens, you've got two choices. You either you man up and you say, hey, I've made a mistake. You hold your hands up and you say, right, we're going to fix this. Or you run away crying like a child and then try and torpedo the project because you're that immature. So that's the way that the developer went. Unfortunately, uh, the team have some great connections, know some great people in this industry, and were able to round up uh, replacement developers, not just one, but a team and turn things around really, really quickly. Uh, so that's, like I say, what attracted me. Nice. Nice. Tell us about the developers. So originally, um, it was actually Charles Hoskinson who helped out by providing some developers right in the early days. Uh, he's got access to a whole bunch of different people, and he basically loaned the project a couple of developers to help fix the problems. Uh, and that allowed us to get on our feet and allowed the guys to really start ramping up and recruiting their own developers. Um, so I don't know if you know much about, about Horizon, about Zen, but there was no ICO, there was no pre-mine, none of that. Uh, instead, the project is funded through a small diversion of block rewards. So every time a mi uh, the, the miners, it's proof of work, every time the miners find a block, 10% of the reward comes to the treasury, and that pays for developers, it pays for 
marketing, business development. It pays for everything that the organization does to really try and progress uh, and make Horizon as useful as possible. So that budget, uh, obviously in the early days, was super modest. Uh, but once we got trading on a couple of exchanges and people started to take notice and there started to be kind of a bit of price discovery, um, and we found a kind of a level out originally around about the $10 mark, that gave a, a decent budget for the team to recruit and bolster themselves to get to a point where they can actually do their own development and not have to rely on, on outside sources. So that's yeah, very that's nice. Kind of how what, what, what exchanges are you on at the moment? So that's kind of where I came in. Um, so like I say, I, I started helping out in the community quite early on. And then towards late 17, I started helping out in a bit more of an official capacity. And then at the start of 18, I really kind of jumped in with both feet, uh, started working full time. And my, my title is uh, business development. So my main task is getting Zen on as many different exchanges as physically possible to get us some good liquidity. But not only that, really, it's my job to try and educate people and also to try and make Zen as useful as possible. So let's make it super easy to store. Let's get it in lots of different software and hardware wallets. And let's make sure that people understand what we're all about and, and hear about us in as many different places as possible. Uh, so back in the day, back in the day, it's really a weird thing to say when it wasn't that long ago. But originally, the, the primary trading was done on Bittrex. We probably had 80 or 90% of our trade volume. Uh, but throughout 2018, we actually listed on something like 31 different exchanges. So you can grab Zen now on pretty much all the big ones. Uh, Bittrex still have a good volume. Binance, uh, Huobi, uh, Dragon EX, uh, and many, many other exchanges. Oh, nice, nice. I, I know uh, Crypto Bridges has been, uh, has been really popular for a lot of coins. I think maybe because it's easier to get on. And... And uh, if anybody out there uses CryptoBridge, uh, there was an alert today, just a, a little side announcement. Uh, the, the wallet got hacked. Uh, pass, pass, or somehow they got username and passwords from people using the, the Android wallet. So if you use the Android wallet for CryptoBridge, uh, change your keys, send your coins to another wallet, do what you got to do just to protect yourself. Just a little side note. Uh, do, do you find it... Um, do you find it difficult to uh, work with ZK Snarks, uh, the algorithm? I, I know many, many coins that use it. So thankfully, I'm not one of the developers, um, so I don't personally have to work with it. But as a technology, it is pretty complex. It involves uh, some fairly hardcore mathematics. So there are uh, realistically, a small number of people that are really specialized in dealing with ZK Snarks. Um, fully, <clears throat> excuse me, they're all cryptographers. Um, and we have a couple of guys on our team that are pretty experienced, but a lot of the ZK Snark research and development realistically is done by the projects that focus more on the, the research and development of technology. So, for example, for us, a lot of the upstream improvements come from Zcash. Uh, the way we kind of see it is that Zcash do a, an amazing job of bringing cutting edge technology um, through sort of peer driven research to market. And what we're trying to do basically is cherry pick the best parts of lots of different technologies from lots of different areas and pull it together into kind of a coherent package and really try and make it useful. So let's try and actually do something with it and deliver some sort of consumer product that people can actually use. Um, so that's kind of nice. how we so see things. 
what would you say separates your ZK Snarks algorithm chain, uh, you know, uh, amid all the other ones out there? Well, what makes yours different than, uh, you know, Litecoin Cash or, uh, you know, uh, any of the ZK Snark coins out there? So if you look at us purely as a transactional blockchain, then there's not a huge amount of differentiation because ultimately we're a Zen as a cryptocurrency and we're using similar privacy technologies to other privacy oriented cryptocurrencies. Um, what we do is we keep it optional, uh, much like Zcash do. So we're open and transparent by default, but if someone wants to send a shielded balance, they can. Uh, but the, the cryptocurrency for us is kind of like the fuel for our infrastructure network. Um, so it in itself isn't massively differentiated from other projects. However, what we're using it for and what we're really building, uh, kind of the entire crux of the Horizon ecosystem, is what differentiates us. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to build an incentive-driven incentive technology platform. Uh, and that platform is built on top of a huge network of nodes. So we incentivize people to, to set up and, and maintain these nodes for us. And that gives us a really robust infrastructure layer to build things on top of. So right now we actually have the, the largest node network in the industry with something like 26,000 nodes, which is pretty crazy for a project that's sitting at, I don't know, like number 110 on CoinMarketCap or something like that. But we right. did the, the game theory and we figured out that we want to incentivize set these nodes up and we knew that we needed a good volume of them to really make it robust. And we got far more than we expected, which is great. Yeah, um, so 20, what we're trying have, to do, you have, you have a twenty-six million dollar market cap, so it's a, it's a pretty good coin. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're not a, a tiny project by any means, but when you compare us to, for example, Ethereum, who have something like twelve or thirteen thousand nodes, I mean, Ethereum are are massive in comparison. I mean, we're just a little tiny speck. So yeah, to yeah. be able to have a, a node network of that size that can compete with all the top five coins, for example. Is, is something we're pretty proud of for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of tokens. So, you know, when, when you mention Ethereum, my skin crawls uh, <laughs> and the EOS or any other platform that uses tokens, it, it makes my skin crawl. I, I, I don't I think just, I mind I, tokens, but I, I'm definitely not a fan of the, the huge fad ICOs that we've seen recently. I think ICO is clearly a valid way to raise some funds, but Unfortunately, 99% of the recent ICOs have just been cash grabs from what I can tell. Yeah, it's, it's really horrific what's going on. Uh, people don't do their homework right, and unfortunately they fall prey to these, uh, you know, these scammers. And, and, and you'll be surprised that a lot of these scammers is the same guy doing like 20 different coins just trying to get a win on one of them. Yeah, um, totally. Absolutely. But, so yeah, everybody out there, be very careful. This is why I bring people on the show to educate people about their coin, and the fact that you're even here says a lot, right? Because a lot of if I, I have a blacklist and uh, a, lot, a lot of people that deny the show because there's no reason to deny the show. I'm not charging you, so it, there's no reason to not get free promotional content, right? Why why wouldn't you do it? And uh, that's a big red flag in my mind. I wouldn't even touch it with my investment money. You know that's. So the fact that you're here, kudos, man. Nice job. Uh, we try and be so, as transparent as we can. It's just 
I mean, I, I can see because it's pretty hard to be everywhere all at once. But yeah, we, we like to be open. We like to be transparent. We like to tell everybody what we're doing and why we're doing it. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I, I really like the name Zencash. I mean, what? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Horizon, and only only because I'm an SEO guru, and uh, Horizon is just a very common word, and it's going to be really, really difficult to rank with that that name. Uh, Zencash was unique in that whenever you type it in the search, only you're coming up. So, having a unique name is very important. Just just my personal advice. Hey, I hear you for sure. Um, so we, we spell Horizon. Uh, we obviously keep Zen in the name. So we spell Horizon with an E, but you're right. That doesn't differentiate it from, from some other different names. And it, it will be a lot harder for us to rank. But ultimately, we, we kind of outgrew Zen Cash as a name. Um, like I said, Zen, our currency, is, is kind of like the foundational layer that we're building things on top of. But we didn't just want to be known as... Uh, currency. I mean, that's a big part of what we're doing, but it's not the only part. And I think having cash in the name, when we talked about it internally and also talked about it with our community, um, the general consensus was that we felt cash was limiting and we felt that we really needed something that kind of opened us up a little bit and allowed us to be a little bit more multi-purpose. Um, so Horizon is is what we, what we settled on. And originally, I mean, don't get me wrong, originally I, I wasn't a massive fan either. I mean, you get used to hearing something and you get used to hearing Zencash and it's just, it rolls off the tongue because you're familiar with it. But when something changes and it becomes new, it's like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But it's, it's been yeah, six it, or so months. and You do, you do yeah. get new eyes looking at it when you have a new name. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so so wait, what, what is your target market with, uh, with Horizon? Zencash. Is that, or actually have it this Horizon. Exactly. Horizon, so so like like at the end of, at the end of the day, like what what are your goals, and who are you trying to market this to? You plan on having stores? You plan on? Uh, is this just going to be a you know a method of currency, or do you have other plans for the coin? So right now, realistically, uh, because of how complex everything in this industry is. The only people we can really actively market to and try and get involved is people that are tech savvy um, for us, have an interest in protecting their personal privacy. Uh, they're the kind of ideal people for us to go after in this really early stage. But looking forward, we're trying to simplify everything we make. We're trying to make sure that our products are super easy to use. And we've just stood up, a, I say just, it's probably going back a year now, uh, but back in January, we stood up a user experience division, and those guys are just laser focused on trying to make sure that everything we create is something that you can pass to somebody that has no idea about cryptocurrency, and they can figure it out in some way, shape, or form. Now, we're nowhere near that point yet. Everything we have still is, is still too complex for real mass market, but our, our aim is to open up a technology platform that's uh, sidechain-based, so we don't want to have applications running on our, our main blockchain that will slow it down. The, the perfect example of that is CryptoKitties on your, uh, your favorite coin, Ethereum. Um, so when CryptoKitties got popular and people started going mad for these little digital cat assets, um, it actually ground the Ethereum blockchain almost to a halt because it just couldn't deal with the transactional throughput and the traffic that it was, that was going through. And that's because the CryptoKitty uh, 
application was on the main chain. So that main chain was having to deal with all the smart contracts, all the transactions, everything that's happening in every other application, as well as this crazy popular CryptoKitty thing. So we're trying to open up an application platform, but we're trying to do it on side chains, uh, which you can think of as just being like little extensions that communicate with the main chain. Uh, but the reason we're doing that is that when we launch applications or when people come in and start building applications on top of Horizon, it won't just grind our network to a halt. We'll still have a main chain that's nice and clear and able to transact for standard cryptocurrency sending value or whatever the case may be, messages, for example. And then we'll have the side chains, which will be kind of purpose-built little areas where people can build applications. Um, and they could be any number of things. But what we're aiming for is to have a mass market application that really brings in the, the people that aren't interested necessarily in cryptocurrency uh, to use it and potentially not even realize they're using something that's blockchain-based. That's the kind of dream. Yeah, well, simplicity is the key, that's for sure. Uh, what, so how do you protect your, the chain these days? I know the, you mentioned earlier 51% attack happened initially. Uh, how do you protect it these days from uh, from happening? How, how do you do that? And, and you do have an advantage. I don't know that you might not know of it, and I'll tell you afterwards because you're using ZK Snarks. Uh, but the, let me know what you're doing now, and I'll recommend something better afterwards. Cool. So uh, at the launch, it wasn't actually a 51% attack. Um, it was just a, a double spend between two different chains, slightly different from a normal 51% attack. Uh, but we were actually the victim of an attack back in uh, June, I think, last year. Um, and it's one of those things. I mean, and these things do happen. We, we, are, we were vulnerable to it. Um, we were pretty proactive in our monitoring of the chain. So we we kind of got a, a very slight amount of early warning and we managed to immediately jump into action and tell all the exchanges what was happening and try and get people to really raise confirmations and do our best to kind of throw sandbags down in a flood to try and mitigate damage. But it happened. Um, and since then, we, we spent a long time trying to figure out what the kind of real vulnerability was, uh, what the attack vector was, and what we could do to try and stop it happening again. And that boiled down to the attacker being able to mine privately. And then at a later date, so the, the basic premise is that the attacker had a, a much higher hash than our network. He mines in private on a node that he's segregated from the mainnet. He throws a bunch of hash power at it, executes some spends, gets his chain ahead of the main chain. And then whenever he wants to double spend, he can literally just broadcast his chain to mainnet it's longer than mainnet because it's been mined faster and therefore it becomes the main chain. Um, so Satoshi consensus is simply whoever has the longest chain is the valid chain. Um, so to mitigate this going forward, we've got uh, a new piece of code, a new consensus mechanism that's in place now. Uh, and what that basically does is penalize miners who mine in private. So rather than being able to mine privately and then broadcast and have your chain accepted just straight away, instead, when they broadcast it, they have to continue mining against, kind of competitively against the main chain, so fully publicly, and they have to continue doing it for a long time. Uh, depending on how many blocks they've delayed, the, the delay that they have to put in, the penalty gets higher and higher. So ultimately what it does is make an attack way more expensive. So before we could have been attacked for, say, 
fifty or sixty thousand dollars or whatever the number has been in nice hash rental, and now it could be ten or fifteen or twenty times that amount, uh, if not a lot higher. All right. Uh, I was going to mention. Uh, I don't know if you know Komodo. Have you ever heard of Komodo? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked to them a couple of times, actually. There's a really cool team. Uh, I was on a, an interview-type panel thing, uh, and one of their developers was there, and we talked about their um, delayed proof-of-work, where they kind of notarize <clears throat> to different chains. Really interesting approach. Yep, yep. Yeah, so if you get added to uh, you, you just – I don't even think you need their help. I think you could just do it on GitHub. But you could add yourself to, you know – the Agama wallet that they have. And I think you need to check in like once a month. And what they do is they back up. I don't know technically how it works, but I, from what I understand, they back up your chain to the Komodo chain and the Komodo chain is backed up to the Bitcoin chain. So in order for, it's it's literally impossible to do a 51% attack at that point. So it's just a feature. It's, it doesn't really affect your, your coin at all. It's just just like adding yourself to a service really. Uh, so, I mean, you, you should check into that. It's, you know, that's probably, I'm pretty sure there's no charge to get that done. Uh, that's the advantage of being a ZK Snarks uh, algorithm. A lot of people can't do that. I, I totally agree. I mean, the only downside is that it means that you've kind of almost outsourced your security. Um, and for some projects, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot of smaller projects that that is just by and far the best approach. Let's just outsource security. Let's peg our chain to Bitcoin or Komodo or five different chains. And that way we know that we're safe. Uh, but I think because we have a pretty decent amount of, of hash rate on our network and because we're really trying to, to stand alone uh, and make sure that every part of our network is decentralized properly and censorship resistant and secure, but secure in its own right, I, don't, I just don't think it really makes sense for us. One thing we are okay. thinking, though, um, we're actually thinking of kind of using the Komodo idea. Um, so kind of inspiration from the guys there because their their system kicks ass. It is really good. It works really well. Uh, it's just maybe not a great fit for us. But what would be potentially a good fit is rather than notarizing to the Bitcoin blockchain, we could potentially use our node network as types of notaries to make sure that we have uh, snapshots of the chain, and, and because of that, we can make sure that 51% attacks are much, much less likely, if not practically impossible. So that's something we're looking at. Uh, it's not something oh, yeah. that I fully oh, understand. Yeah. I, I never, I never even thought of that. Yeah, just if you could even just mimic what they do, that probably work also. Uh, yeah. Know, either way, you know, you don't have to join. You could just—it's I mean, not really joining, but you don't—you know—you could if you can mimic what they do. I mean, it would. I, I believe. With the algorithm that you have, you probably could do it. You could, you could definitely do it. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, I'm not technical as far as coding, but uh, you know, except for PHP and some HTML and some CSS. But other than that, I, I'm not really a coder. No, me neither. So, uh -huh. so, uh, so you, you've been. How long have you been in crypto? Has it been like about three, four years? Uh, I guess it's. Well, this will be year five, I guess. Oh wow! So you've been around a while. You've been around a while. Um, so you have a, a twenty-one million max supply, and at the moment, Zen. So you kept the the uh, the, the ticker symbol Zen. Uh, you have a circulating supply of 
5,646,875. That's really, really low still. That's a really low supply. So the coin is, is going to be valued, valued a little higher. I mean, technically, it's not higher because no matter how you divide, you know, multiples of coins, it'll still be the fair price that the market gives it. But that aside, uh, it's, a, it's a very low supply. Uh, how's the mining? Do a lot of people mining this? Are there pools out? If I wanted to mine it, how would I mine it? Yeah, mining's good. Um, like I say, that's kind of how I got into it originally. Mining is um, in, in recent times because originally it was GPU mineable. Um, but back, uh, must be mid or maybe even early last year. I, I forget exactly when it was. Uh, but Bitmain came out with a, a miner for the Equihash algorithm, which is the algorithm that we use for proof of work. And we had two choices. We either fork away uh, and try and play cat and mouse with a super well-funded giant corporation, or we embrace ASICs and stick to our core roadmap and really try and sort out the problem at a later date and get out what we want to get out short-term um, as a priority. So that's what we chose to do. Um, so unfortunately, GPUs, I mean, for sure, you can still mine with, with graphics cards. It's just not going to be as competitive. Yeah, it's not probably not going to be massively profitable for most people. If you're in a really low electricity zone, then yeah, great. Uh, but for most people, you need to buy uh, either a Bitmain a Z9 or Z9 Mini, or there's the InnoSilicon A9s. Um, and then there's a couple of other kind of smaller, obscure manufacturers that are popping up and making Equihash ASICs now as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, they're could. They're hard to get. If you go on uh, purse.io, you might be able to get a couple there still. But they, they're very, they're really high in uh, in demand right now. And they, Bitmain don't seem to be making any more unless they're ready to come out with something new, which I'm excited for. I hope they do. Uh, what's this Supernodes? I see you have something on the roadmap called Supernodes in quarter one. Yeah. So oh, that, was a before... that was a while ago. That was a while yeah, ago. Yeah. So we, we've launched them already. So uh... If you kind of think of it in phases, we, we launched originally with focus on making the Zen currency really useful and getting out there exchanges and, and building the core tech. And then we flipped to infrastructure. So then we, we started incentivizing people to set up nodes. We started with something called secure nodes. And the reason we called them secure is that we basically had a TLS encryption for intra node communication. Um, so we, we incentivized them back in November 17. Uh, and they've grown to a network of 22, 23,000, something along those lines. And then we realized that if we really wanted to build some high-end applications on top of this network, we were going to have to have a more robust class of node. Um, so basically a virtual private server with a better hardware spec, maybe more storage, more CPU cores. So we set up a second tier of node. So the secure nodes, you need 42 Zen. Uh, you hold those Zen in your own wallet. You set up a virtual private server or your own hardware, whatever the case may be. Um, and we have a, a tracking system that basically checks to make sure your server is working correctly and it's meeting the computational challenge. It checks your wallet to make sure you've still got the Zen there. And if you meet those criteria, you get a payout for, for running that hardware for us. Um, so the super node is the same, but beefier. So higher specification of server. Um, rather than 42 Zen, we need 500 for the super node. Um, and yeah, the payouts are a kind of 10% pool 
of block rewards go to secure nodes, and then a 10% pool of block rewards go to super nodes. So it's, nice. it's been pretty and, lucrative and for a lot of people. Any, any work being done for a mobile, making a mobile uh, wallet? Yeah, we have, uh, at the moment, we have a, an Android wallet that's been out in the wild for quite a long time. It's a little bit long in the tooth now, can't lie about that. Could definitely do with a refresh. Uh, we've got a iOS wallet that is currently undergoing testing. So the team are basically trying their best to break that for the next maybe month or so, possibly longer. Depends how robust it seems. And then once that's ready, we'll push that out. Uh, that's the kind of uh, gold standard from us. So it'll be very similar to our latest uh, flagship wallet release, which is called Sphere. Um, so the iOS wallet will be out probably in the next month or so. And then shortly afterwards, we'll be porting that to Android. And that'll be the kind of new shiny Android release. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And that's, that, that's really hard to do. So kudos to that. I, I know a lot of ZK Snarks projects having a trouble implementing uh, SPV, I think it's called, uh, to, get the, to get the mobile wallets working. So you know, you, if you could get that working, that, that is a, a, a huge accomplishment. So it's going to be transparent transactions only to start with. And that's because uh, ZK Snarks are pretty hard uh, to compute. So, I mean, hardware-wise, a phone has the right hardware. Modern smartphones could quite easily crunch a ZK Snark. The problem is that the, the operating system on a phone doesn't really give you enough of the, uh, the capacity of the phone to really make it work. So you don't get enough of the CPU or enough of the, the RAM to really go at a CK snark. But when I mentioned before that Zcash do an awesome job of, of doing R&D and making things uh, better, making things uh, either faster or take less memory or whatever the case may be, their most recent integration is called Sapling. Uh, and Sapling reduces the hardware requirements for ZK snarks pretty substantially. Um, and we hope that will be the thing that really brings shielded transactions, so private transactions, to mobiles. At the moment, though, transparent only. All right, very nice. So that's development stuff. That's great. Looks like you guys are developing. And any, and I'm going to end the development section now. And anything, uh, you know, you're working on now that you want to tell people besides the the iPhone wallet? Yeah, anything so you're I've... working on other than that? So the big, well, <laughs> I could be here for a long time trying to talk through it. The moment we're a team of about 35 people, uh, and because we have a team of 35, we have a lot of concurrent projects being worked on all at once. Uh, but one thing that I think is super interesting and really gives our network purpose is uh, a partnership that we've entered into with a VPN provider. So uh, a typical VPN maybe has five or 6,000 endpoints around the world. We have a network of 26,000 servers effectively so it makes perfect sense to try and build a decentralized vpn on top of the horizon network and it may not be super competitive for bandwidth or it may not be quite as cheap as the the current i don't know express vpn or whatever people usually use but it's an amazing way to utilize the network to further incentivize the node operators and to give people the ability to buy a vpn completely anonymously and privately um, so we're working on that. It's a partnership, like I said. It's still in the kind of specking phase at the moment. They have a viable working 
VPN solution. We now just basically need to try and stitch it into both our core software and also our node network. But that's something I'm personally super excited about. Yeah, that, no, that sounds amazing, bro. That, that's great because end users, you can't really trust end users to secure themselves. So if you can implement security tools within the wallet for people to easily use, like you just press a button, the VPN's activated, you press another button, Tor is activated, right? And, you know, press another button, maybe you're on the IPFS network, a whole different network altogether. So, yeah, that's great. That, that's, a, that's a really good... It, I would really be impressed. I, I know there were there were a couple coins back in the day. Uh, Mysterium, I think, is still around trying to do VPN. I, I actually, I think they just came came live with some nodes. Uh, and then there was VPN Coin back in the day. It was a Asian it was an Asian group of people that didn't talk English at all, so it was hard to talk about the project. But I, I think they they've died they died a long time ago. That coin, which was really popular, so. It wasn't a surprise when a Mysterium came out with this, something similar. Everyone went crazy for it, right? It was it was it was pretty big, you know, compared to the other projects at that time. And and now, you know, you're you're mentioning mentioning it. That that is a feature that will bring you, uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of marketing, uh, you know, incentives. Yeah, I mean, our core, we're we're all. Um big advocates of people looking after their personal privacy and, and really trying to keep their data safe and, and not just handing out hundreds and hundreds of dollars of free data to the big data harvesting firms, the Googles and Instagrams and Facebooks and all that sort of stuff. So it makes perfect sense for us to try and bring a privacy preserving tool like a VPN to market. But have you tried a uh... I mean, if, if you can, try try to reach out to Mysterium. See if they can help you out with that. Maybe it could be beneficial to both of you. You know, they would get a little more popularity, right? And, uh, and you would be able to implement it into your wallet probably for no charge. It would be a win-win situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I like the other thing cryptos. that I really want to... Oh, sorry, on you go. No, go ahead, Drew. You, only other thing. Go ahead, continue. So the only other thing I was going to mention, um, so I mentioned before, uh, the real way that's going to work is well, the first step in the process is that we have to have a, a software development kit, an SDK, uh, and then we have to have a first reference sidechain. So that's in progress now. That's the kind of priority focus for our engineering team. Uh, and we're hoping to have the SDK at least out in beta in the next month. Uh, and that will enable people to start building um, testnet instances of sidechains. And it'll enable organizations or developers or people or anybody anywhere, really. It's a completely open and permissionless system to start building stuff that uses our infrastructure and uses the Horizon network, the network of nodes, and has access to all the different technologies that we're bringing to market. So that's quite an exciting thing to be talking about as well. All right, very cool. Uh, so tell us about your community. Let's talk about community. Uh, you know how large is your community? Are they are they active? Uh, you guys do bounties. Yeah, we've got a super active community. Actually, I think that's probably one of our our greatest assets. Um, so at the moment, it's pretty hard to really gauge community size. There's a few different places we can check to try and give ourselves like a semi-educated guess. 
Uh, but we reckon our community size is somewhere around about 70 or 80,000 people. Um, not all of them are, are super active. Probably a big proportion bought some Zen and just got it in a wallet somewhere. Uh, but we do have a kind of reasonably modest-sized, super vocal, super engaged community that are involved across our Discord server, across our Telegram groups, of which we have quite a few. Uh, there's a couple for English language, and then there's a whole bunch of the regional groups. And yeah, I mean, the community keep us on their, on their toes. Ultimately, this is a community-driven project. So we are in a process just now where at the moment, we're still kind of centralized. The team make a lot of the decisions, but ultimately we're aiming to have uh, a voting system in place, a treasury governance type system, so that all Zen holders can participate and really help um, push the direction of the project they really want to see. Uh, and that really starts to bring it away from being quite a centralized decision-making scheme into really decentralizing and having full involvement from the community. Uh, and we even want wait, to take wait. it to the extreme. So we want to take it to a point where the current team, so me, for example, as director of business development, if if you decided, hey, I could do a much better job than Rowan, he sucks at this, you could pitch up, you could make a proposal saying, hey, this is me, this is my CV, I could do this job way, way better, and I'm going to ask for half the rate. And the community could then vote on that. Uh, and basically, they could quite happily just kick me out. So we want to make everything competitive. We want to open it up completely for participation. And ultimately, we even want to make the current team just one of many teams kind of bidding for work for the Horizon ecosystem, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. That, that would be the best way to, you know, that's, that's always the best way to go. I know a lot, of, a lot of these coins these days are trying to get a consensus protocol in place. Uh, they, they all claim to have a really great consensus protocol, right? Uh, or they're building one. Uh, that's that's a that's a something that's begun popularity about a year now. I think they've been they've been working on that. A lot of coins making that like a feature. Uh, it's a really I know, hard you know, thing to pull off. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard. It, everything could be gamed. I mean, everything could be gamed. You could all, you could have you could have a million. You could open up a million wallets and you know get a million votes for somebody or. Depending on how it works, I mean, if it works on coins, then you know the people with the most coins end up having the higher vote, right? Like Steam it. So, I mean, it's it's really hard to get a consensus algorithm that that's fair because it's it's hard to account for everybody's actual body, right? Voting. That's the thing. I mean, making it fair is by far the biggest challenge. So we've, um, I mean. Game theory in, in this type of way isn't really a specialty of, of anyone on the current team. So we've decided quite early on that we're infrastructure guys. We're really, really good at figuring out what we need on that front. And we have some fantastic engineers and mathematicians that can really work out a lot of the complex things. But we realized quite early on that if we wanted to do this properly, we had to outsource it and we had to find somebody reliable to do it. Uh, so we outsourced the kind of uh, research and development for the Treasury DAO system to IOHK. Um, they did a, a fantastic job of really deep, deep, deep diving into it, figuring out exactly all the different scenarios that could have possibly happened. I mean, they're just a bunch of PhD level blockchain scientists and, and super trick mathematicians. So they were the perfect crew to do it. Uh, and they delivered a prototype to us just a couple of months back. And it's now time for us to take that prototype, stick it on one of our side chains, 
and really get it into operation. And I've obviously super simplified the ticket on a sidechain. Uh, that's a, a pretty big task that's going to take a bit of time. But ultimately, that's where we're at just now. Yeah, I think the, the new term I'm hearing is side states. I think a lot of them don't like to call it side chains. So they call them side states now. Oh, uh, yeah? Who coined that? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Asphyxia from uh, another, pro the Novosphere project coined that phrase that they're called side states. or Because uh, they're, they're not actual chains. So so it was an inappropriate you know, way to call it. It's, it, it wasn't it wasn't the right word to call it uh, so they call it side states uh asphyxia from atmos that was the project uh yeah, okay coined, coined that term yeah it, it's it actually makes more sense uh if you like uh, he's a great developer developer you could ask him he's he's really cool uh problem is, is that they're on the eos i'm, I'm not a big fan of eos uh I don't. I don't like to talk bad, so so we'll we'll continue on. <laughs> just gloss over that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just turn a blind eye to that to, to that elephant in the room. Uh, but uh, okay, so you have a great community. Where do they find the community if they wanted to come join you? Yeah, so the the best places are probably Discord. Uh, we've got a really cool community in Discord. One of the things that. I really like seeing and something that we've managed to pull off really, really well. Somehow the project attracted a certain breed of people who are super passionate about helping each other. And it's it's awesome to see. So we've got uh, an ACE support team. Uh, now these guys have just been knocking out constant documentation because everything's super complicated and we're trying to make it as simple as we can. And they've been knocking through crazy, crazy amounts of documentation. But they're also non-stop in Discord, they're non-stop in our Telegram rooms, in, in all these different places, helping people left, right, and center with some pretty complex stuff and really try to break it down and make it understandable. So that's ace to see. But yeah, for us, community-wise, Discord, Telegram, that's the two biggest ones. We do have a forum. Uh, our forum is, is pretty active. It's primarily like a ghetto proposal system until we really get a proper proposal portal up and running. Um, so if somebody wanted to do a meetup or do some translations or help out in any way they want, do some developing or whatever the case may be, they could chuck it into the forum, make a proposal, show us why we should uh, give it the go-ahead, essentially. And then the community have all got the chance to look at it, to, to vote on it and say, yeah, let's, that, let's go for it. So that's the three main and, ones. And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of benefits to a lot of developers is that a lot of these coins are using the same algorithm. So once they create something for one coin, they've, you know, inherently created created it for all the coins that have the same algorithm. So uh, they they do reach out from time to time, saying they have, you know, oh, I I created a game that uses the algorithm and such and such. So uh, if if you guys out there, you, you you like doing that stuff, you like developing, you like uh, getting your hands dirty. Uh, this is an open source. This is an open source project, right? Before I say it, absolutely. There you go. So open source. So fundamentals of investing, right? Uh, it has to be an open source project. Uh, you don't want to trust anything that's closed source ever. Uh, it's you know. So and and lately that's rare. You, you're not going to see any due to that fact. You're not going to see too many projects that are closed source anymore. Back then there used to be a lot of them. Uh, so. So investing, uh, investing wise, oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say it's a super hard balance. I mean, so for us, core technology has to be open source. Absolutely has to be open source. People need to be able to trust it. And for people to be able to trust it, they need to be able to see exactly what they're trusting. So for us, being open source at a core technology level is fundamentally important. However, the, the difficulty comes where you create something that's novel, create something that's new, and you want to gain some sort of competitive advantage because you've just brought it to market. You just spent like a year working on it and you don't just want somebody to immediately copy it and then somehow they do a marketing job better or whatever the case may be and they get a huge amount of attention out of the year of work that you've done. So we are open source. Uh, we are full massive believers in the open source development community. I think we probably will have the odd closed source product and we'll do it for two reasons. We'll all either have something closed source while it's in beta so that we can make sure that it's properly secure and then release the code, or we'll do it because we want to give ourselves a few months of competitive advantage by having it closed source that only Horizon can use it for a quarter or half a year or something, and then we'll open source it once we've kind of had that first mover advantage. Because the last right. thing you want to do is a year of work and then have somebody else just grab it and, and release it immediately. I mean, that, that's right, pretty demoralizing. Right. And that happens often. I've seen that multiple times in my years here. Uh, and, and then they'll claim they, they, it was their idea and it was original and whatnot, but you know, the evidence yeah. shows that somebody else did it beforehand and it becomes a mess. And then, then you get two coins battling it out, yelling <laughs> at each other. I've seen it. I, I could, I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to say the names, but I, I've seen it. Uh, it's important so, that everything ends up open source though. I think that's a really important. It is, it is. It's important for, even for uh, freedom, you know, you, you don't want you don't want you if you want something to to ignite on fire and and just become a revolution it has to be open source you have to you have to give millions of people access to it and then then people might like it and you know they'll jump in it'll it'll become even bigger right that's what happened with Bitcoin uh, you know so yeah investing getting to the investing side of things which is uh, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna do it at the end of the show now uh, you have 26 you have a 20 this project is a 26 million dollar project that's the market cap um so any advisors on the team that advise horizon and these are just investor questions typical questions yes we have one advisor charles hoskinson uh, he's the the ceo of uh, cardano uh, foundation and he's also the the main okay and he was previously lead mathematician for Ethereum. Very nice, right? So that's a good person to have. And uh, what kind of what kind of funding do you guys have for the future development of Horizon? Is there is there a fund? So we're self funded. Um, the project was originally launched effectively by bootstrapping. But now the, I, the project, like I said before, is funded by block. So we have a kind of consistent, reliable funding source, and we don't have to rely on external funds. Right, gotcha. So, so you mentioned that earlier. I'm just reiterating for people that don't understand. Uh, so the way they get their funding for development is when somebody mines a block, a percentage of that block is put into the fund. So they take maybe 5 right, or 10%. What's the percentage of each block? That it's 10%. 
Tempe, and that's typical. So, uh, so ten percent of every block being mined goes to the fund, and this project could last a very long time with that type of uh, you know architecture. So that, that's really great. Uh, we spoke about community, and you're on multiple exchanges. That's fantastic. You have a development team. That's fantastic. I mean, you know, unconsciously, I, I already cover most of the questions. Um, Hmm. Yeah, you have uh, you have an explorer. You you're on Bitcoin Talk. Uh, I I I think that's about it. Let me see. Let me see if I have any other questions here. Give me one second. One thing we don't have is a pirate ship. We should probably start looking into that. Well, you know, I I mean Blackbeard lets us use this one. Uh, it's his. You know, he goes away on vacation with women all the time. So I'm I'm not really sure where he is right now. <laughs> Might be in Aruba, I think. Uh, but Aruba, right, he lets us nice. use this ship. Yeah, he makes he makes us. You know, I mean, we, we we usually park the boat in Tortuga. You know, very cool. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, you have uh, you have a marketing you have a marketing team doing marketing for you. I guess that's a good that's a good uh, investment question. I would like to know if the project is doing marketing. We certainly do, yeah. Back in January, we kind of professionalized the organization and split ourselves into divisions. And then we gave each division uh, a leader uh, and really tried to make sure that we were working in lots of different areas and providing the right drive and the right focus to make things happen, make things happen fast. So we have a business development division, which I lead. We have a marketing division. We have a user experience division. And then we have research and development. And then we have a finance division, a legal division, and most importantly, our engineering. So that's kind of how we're structured as an organization. Like I say, there's 35 of us, uh, roughly, maybe 36. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're working wow. our asses off to try and as big a success as possible uh, and try and deliver upon our promises because we've made a crap load of promises. So now it's really this year has to be the year of delivering. Gotcha. That's why you never make promises. Don't you know that? How long you been here? Yeah, we should have just been quiet all this time. We could have been yeah, on a beach, but said, instead we're working 90 hours on Zen. We've done it all right. Ninja, you got a ninja launch here, man. That's the only way to go. <laughs> ninja so everyone gets all excited, you know, like, oh, where did that come from, right? That's the best way to do it. Like Grin. Grin came out of nowhere and was absolutely everywhere. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. That was the 15th. There was a, everybody wanted to mine it like crazy. Well, you know, the, the mining industry is a little hungry right now. That's what it is. So and anything that, you know, you could mine is, is going to get popular really fast. Uh, you know, and especially with a new algorithm. I think that was Mimble Wimble, right? Uh, have you heard of that one? What, what What's the benefits of that? Do you know by any chance? Or? To be honest, I don't know a huge amount about Mimble Wimble. So that's their privacy test. Um, I had a bit of a look into Grin. I really love the idea. It just looks crazy complicated. So they've got a hell of a lot of work to do to bring a super complex idea and a super complex way of working and try and translate it into something that people can use. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't look into it in, in huge detail, so I really shouldn't be speaking about it too I, much. But I, the I one think... thing I did notice is that to, to make a transaction, you have to send, you create a file, you send that file to the other party, they execute part of that file, and then they send something back, and then you kind of polish up the transaction and approve it at your end. So it's, it's 
It's too much I mean, work. From a privacy perspective, it's probably pretty good. I mean, I haven't really dug into it in, in great detail, but from a user experience perspective, it looks like a bit of a nightmare. So they've, they've got their work cut out to really try and simplify that and, and bring it to a point where people can use it. But hey, good luck to them. I mean, the more I, good I, projects I, we have with solid developers, the Right. Yep. And I think that the main, the main feature is uh, privacy. It's the enhanced privacy. That's one of their, right? That, that's what makes them popular is that they're saying that, you know, it's, it's the most private. It's private. But I, I, don't, I really don't think they have pirate beat. Uh, pirate coin, pirate chain, the Discord you're in now. Uh, the big the big thing about pirate and the reason why I'm here I, I don't just jump in any coins blindly I don't need to do that uh, you know I, I like to follow coins I, I really love you know and, and then I'll ask them to come on air right like I did for you uh, yeah, and, and you'll see my shows my shows sometimes two I go two three months with no shows just you know because I don't have to you know I, I, I if I'm, I'm interested I'll ask you on you know and it's it's an investment thing. You you want you want to be able to talk, see that there's somebody talking about the project, how confident they are, you know. But a uh, pirate has them beat on privacy, man. You, you can't you can't even look up a transaction on pirate, which is which is awesome. I, mean, I, I, I I invite I invite the IRS to try to audit this one. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh dear, I think you just made the biggest bug bounty ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh dear yeah come on I, I, I would love to dude it's gonna make their head spin when they see that they can't even look up they i bet they all know about explorers you know and how to look up an address to another address and follow it back but how about if you can't do that anymore that's it they got no tools it, it's it's basically cash very uh, cool no, no very, cash very cool. you I, actually you could get a fingerprint on cash so it's, it's probably better than cash uh, you know, but that, that's, that's pirate. That's, that's, uh, the team I'm on here. Um, not really on the team. I just do this for fun. Like I said, uh, but yeah, man, th thanks for coming on today, dude. I mean, I, I, did, did you get, did you bring your drama mean? Or are you okay? I know the boat rocks back and forth a lot and you know, I, I hate when people start turning blue. I've got uh, anti-sickness and uh, a small glass of beer, so I'm pretty okay over here. Yeah. And don't worry about the smell of fish. I mean, it's, you, you'll get used to it. Soon you won't even be able to smell the fish anymore. <laughs> Fantastic. But no, I, I really appreciate you letting me come on. I appreciate you letting me stand here on the boat. Very much appreciated. Been awesome speaking to you, and, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Oh, any anytime you want. You just let me know if you have an update, you have an emergency uh, upgrade. That That's typical, you know. Uh, all of a sudden you got a fork or whatever, you know, you, you just let me know. And you know, I, I don't have a lot of followers. I, I have over a thousand, but, it, you know, I don't have a lot. I, you know, I, mean, I, I see some people like 500,000 followers and I, I just can't believe it. You know, I've been here six years and I'm like, there's no possible way that fucker got 500,000 followers. Man. It's, <laughs> It's, it's got to, you know, you, you had to have paid for it somehow in some way at one point in time. I mean, there's no possible way. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, I, maybe. I've never seen it grow that fast. It's impossible. You know, you, you've been here for a year and you got like, you know, a million followers. That That's impossible. Uh, either that or just, they're just not true followers. You know, you, a, a lot of, you see that guy on Twitter? He's, 
this, there's this guy on Twitter. He actually offered everybody. Uh, he said, "I will follow you for one dollar." And this guy made a killing. What a genius! Wow. What a genius marketing ploy, man. He's like, <laughs> I could have. This guy. This guy's probably got over Bitcoin just since yesterday. Yesterday when he proposed it. That's pretty funny. Hey, it's pretty perfect. Yeah, I, it I mean, shows you, cool, though. I mean, the mentality just now is it's just silly. I mean, I guess if you're trying to make a living, then a ton of followers makes sense because you can monetize it. But I, I don't get the fascination of trying to have crazy numbers of followers. It just doesn't make sense to me. What would be Certainly not on a personal Twitter account. I mean, yeah, it, it, was, it was kudos to him, man. Free market, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> One dollar from a million people is a million dollars. So he's got the right idea. Yeah, that'll do me. That'll do me. Right, yeah, just before Rowan. we tidy up, I mean, just a, a small call to action. So for any of your viewers that are listening, if you like the sound of, of Horizon, our, our website's horizon.global. Come check it out. Uh, more than welcome to, to pitch in any way, shape, or form. Get involved. Come check out Discord or Telegram. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you, Rowan. And everybody out there, um, I, I interview a lot of new projects as 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 much as old projects like like Horizon Zencash can be considered in older projects. Now, uh, I when I interview a new project, I'm going to warn you uh, beforehand when I do a project, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you it's a new project. That's how that's how you'll know. Uh, so if you know me and you listen to my shows, you'll know how you'll know. Right, so if I say it's a new project, you know, that then you know to be a little more careful because you know people are trying to get out there, and me, I, I just want you to, to understand whatever project I'm interviewing. Doesn't mean it's a good project, you know. So you need to do your homework. Uh, Zencash is an older project, so you know this is a lot more trustworthy than new projects. And you know, when people ask me, you know, what do I invest in? You know, Lutz, what should I put my, my Bitcoin in, right? I tell them, look at the older projects first. It's it's better to be, because you know they've been here for a long time and they're probably not going anywhere. Uh, you know, you can't say that for a lot of the new projects. It's, it's it's a very high volatility, very, very high speculation. You don't want to, you don't want to risk, put up all that risk uh, on a new coin. If you, So, you know, this is not investment advice, but this is what I do. Uh, you know, you, you keep 50% liquid, you keep 50% or more. I mean, it, it, you can play with that uh, cash, uh, liquid, and you keep 50% in crypto, right? And you use about 20 to 30% of your crypto in, in these, you know, these smaller projects, these alt cryptos, because these are more, these, in my opinion, are more important than Bitcoin, because these are the laboratories. Like her. Horizon, when they, they create something and they make that iPhone mobile wallet, they'll be the first, you know, Zcash protocol to do that, right? So so that's a laboratory. They just invented something which will grow the whole community. The whole cryptocurrency space will grow just a tiny bit more that day, right? So, uh, you know, we're, we're all here to help each other. I'm, I consider myself a linker. I interview so many people that when I hear somebody else's idea and, and you see, I, I, I match it to my previous interviews because I've interviewed Mysterium and I think, no, I didn't, I didn't interview VPN cash though, but you know, I link it together in my head. I go, oh, you should look at this and that. So I link projects together because a lot of projects, they don't know each other. Uh, they don't know what the other projects are doing. So, you know, talking to somebody like me helps out uh, because I could link you to people that you, 
you probably wouldn't even know that are doing the same type of work. All right, fellas. Uh, Rowan, love you, man. Thank you for coming on the show today. And sorry about the rant at the end. Absolutely. No worries. Great to be here. Thanks again. All right, brother. Uh, be careful getting off the ship. Uh, we don't have insurance. <laughs> no worries, dude. Take care. Take it easy. Sail safe. Hi, right, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. Everybody who's listening, thank you for joining me today. It's a nice, calm day. Relax. Have a couple drinks. And uh, try not to look at the charts too much. Uh, it, could, it could drive you crazy. Uh, get out there. Go take a walk. Uh, take the girl out for a night on the town. Um, no, actually, that's too expensive. Take her out for dinner, maybe. And uh, that's it. You know. Uh, thank you for coming. Love you all. This is Luke signing out. <laughs>